morning. Good morning. Do you feel happier now saying that? Uh, I guess. You do? Do I? You do? I, I do. You do? I can tell I do. you you do. Well, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Research has shown that saying good morning to strangers and having a little bit of a, a little bit of a small talk chit-chat actually is a little mood booster in the morning. So that's how I know. Helps you establish a feeling of belonging, apparently. Can you feel that? Can you feel the belonging? Oh, there is nothing I hate more than small talk. And small talk with strangers would be up there as well. So that's a bit of a big ask. <laughs> Let's start with baby steps then. Let's just say good morning to each other. And of course, we'll say good morning to our favourite listeners. Morena, kia ora, this is Newsable, I'm Jess. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. Parliament is back in session, so what happens from here? We're taking a look at the life and the lies of former US politician George Santos. Apparently, maths can help us secure a car park this crazy Christmas shopping season. And Imo, would you peel an orange for me? Consider it. Well, I'll explain what that means for our relationship coming up. Goodness, we've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. And the slow, 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 slow process that has been getting this government underway today we reach a new milestone, the state opening of Parliament. So we're making some progress. We've got a coalition agreement. The MPs were sworn in yesterday, and today the debate begins. But does that mean it's all business as usual? To bring us up to speed, we're joined once again by Stuff Political Editor Luke Malpass. Welcome, welcome. Great to have you here as always. <laughs> Kia ora. Luke, can you help me here? There's another opening of Parliament today. Wasn't there one on Tuesday? Yeah, so Tuesday was the commission opening of Parliament. That's where the uh, Governor General uh, sends commissioners, which are, which mm-hmm. in this case are three judges. They go down and open the Parliament for business, and that business to start with is swearing in all the MPs, and then they elect a speaker, and that is what happened yesterday. And today there's going to be the state opening of Parliament, which is the uh, official opening, if you like. The centrepiece for that is the Governor-General coming down and reading the speech from the throne, which basically is a speech written by the Prime Minister's speechwriters, which sets out the government's agenda for the for the turn, actually. So is that likely just to be that 100-day plan in speech form? Is there going to be any surprises thrown in there? Uh, probably not. It's, it's a political speech. Because, of course, the Queen used to do this in the House of Commons. I always find it quite funny because you often have the, the Queen or prim and proper Governor-General reading quite a political speech. So it wouldn't surprise me if today there was something like, my government is not going to, because they always say my government as if they're acting Strange. for the Queen. And so it wouldn't surprise me if it was like, my government is going to end the woke agenda or something. <laughs> you know, something, something like that. And so, Luke, yesterday when the MPs were getting sworn in, there was a bit of drama over the oaths of allegiance. What was that all about? Yeah, so basically uh, there had been some suggestion that the party Māori might not swear an oath of allegiance to the king. Uh, in the event, they um, uh, all of their members basically stood up at their, at their seats, gave a little bit of a speech, get made an oath to uh, Tiriti or their mokpuna, and having made that, that statement, then they went down and, and read the more formal words in Te and signed the oath. Look, Takuta Ferris, he's uh, the new MP for T.Y. Ponamu. Looks like he's sworn allegiance to uh, Kingi Hari Hari, which, according to our, our reporter Glenn McConnell, might be referred to as King Rash. Is he going to get in trouble for that? I'm pretty sure he said that, but in his little preamble rather than the actual oath. 
And uh, I think uh, as long as he's properly sworn in as a full member of parliament, I think basically the institution will be happy to, to let it slide. So, after two formal openings of the parliament, will we finally get down to business? Is this 100-day plan going to get rolling? Yes, yes it will. Well, I mean, it's already they've already started rolling it. Um, that Lake Onslow um, pumped hydro battery down south, that's already been ditched. I suspect in the next probably week or so, there'll be a, a, either a general decree or we'll be told that all of the Tadeo names of government departments going first has been reversed. And then they're going to crack on with their legislative agenda, which includes changing the Reserve Bank Act, um, going back to the Resource Management Act, getting rid of the clean car discount, and you won't get a subsidy for your EV anymore come December 31. Uh, but, you know, uh, a diesel ute will probably be cheaper. So, um, so they'll crack on with a few <laughs> of those bits and pieces. Luke Malfair, Stubbs Political Editor, thank you so much for joining us. Terrific. Thanks, guys. explain the reasoning behind this question a little later but for now with no context head straight to our instagram page and answer this question that'll be on our stories would you peel an orange for your partner i'm giving you no further information just go go and vote if you're not following us already search newsable nz and if you're not following us already what are you doing chuck us a follow we're also on tiktok which is actually where this question may or may not have come from in the first place Now, we're used to pretty wild news out of the US, but this one, oh, she is up there. George Santos, a Republican congressman, has been officially booted out of the House in an astronomical vote as well. His colleagues, fellow lawmakers, voted 311 to 114 to be rid of him once and for all. Why are we talking about this, you may ask? Well, this is the guy who has headlines like this written about him. How George Santos lied his way to Congress. Here's every single lie told by George Santos. OnlyFans, Sephora, alleged fraud, the life and lies of George Santos, and my personal favourite, the 18 most George Santos things George Santos ever did. <laughs> There's a quite an obvious theme here. Long-time <laughs> listeners of the pod will remember we spoke about Santos earlier this year when the lies he'd been telling started to finally catch up with him. But now he's officially gone, Burger. He is definitely once again worth talking about. So here to unpack all things Santos is Sam Levine, a reporter for The Guardian, based in New York. Sam, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So, George Santos, he is out of the United States Congress, something that ended up going to a vote. Why a vote? Why could they just not get rid of him when he was so obviously lying about everything? Well, the U.S. House has very strict procedures for how to remove a member. When someone is elected, they want to be very certain before they take the extraordinary step of removing them from office. You know, it's a big deal to state of voters, you elected this person, but we're not going to let them represent you. Sam, can you remind us how we even started to find out that Santos had been making stuff up? It's a great question. So a year ago, no one had really heard of George Santos. He was elected to Congress to represent Long Island. That's a portion of New York State near New York City. In December of last year, the New York Times came out with a long story basically saying, who is this guy, George Santos? We looked into his background and lots of things in his background don't appear to be true. He had said he worked on Wall Street, but they interviewed several people who said there was no record of him working on Wall Street. He said that he was Jewish, but there was actually no indication that he was. And there was a big story that 
walk through sort of these litany of falsehoods in his resume. And that put him on the map. And after that, the floodgates opened. Lots of things started emerging. He had said that his mother died in the September 11th attacks. That turned out not to be true. There were old roommates who started coming out of the woodwork who said, you know, this guy is the biggest liar I've ever met in my life. What's he had to say for himself since and what's he been up to? Since being expelled, he has been really defiant. He maintains that he did nothing wrong. He's admitted that he embellished parts of his resume, but he's defended himself for that, saying that, you know, that's something that lots of people running for office do. And that's not, you know, a crime to be expelled for. He's pled not guilty to all of the criminal charges that have been filed against him. The Justice Department, the federal government has filed 23 counts of felony charges against him on campaign finance charges. He's pled not guilty to all of those, saying he did nothing wrong. And since being expelled, he's really moved to tear down his former colleagues, including Republican colleagues who he says are hypocritical, who are doing stuff that is just as bad as he did. He has a long legal road and lots of legal troubles ahead. Sam Levine from The Guardian, thank you so much for your time and explaining this weird and yet wonderful story that I can't keep my eyes away from. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the secret of how maths can help you find a car park spot this Christmas is next. <laughs> Goodness me, who knows what we'll pull out of that bag tomorrow. But remember to make sure you never miss any of this weird and wonderful discoveries that we find. Chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it'll mean every new episode of Newsable will get delivered straight to your phone. Christmas, Emma, it's the most wonderful time of year until you have to find a parking spot at a mall on a rainy Saturday afternoon to do your Christmas shopping. You've just given me PTSD as a kid and mum's in the front seat trying to wait for that car park to pop up. No, thank you. Why'd you bring it up? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That mall car park is the actual nightmare before Christmas. But, but, Imogen Wells, maths can help us here. Maths? Maths. Yesterday it was science helping us with the perfect Christmas tree and today maths is going to help us find a car park? Thankfully I've enlisted an expert, an actual mathematician, Michael Rose, who joins us uh, from Sydney. Thanks so much for joining us, Michael. How are you doing? 
Pleasure to be here. I'm doing very well, thank you. Looking forward to the silly season. <laughs> How can maths help us find a car park? Save us from this car parking pain, please. Oh, okay. Look, I can't promose you a guaranteed uh, foolproof solution, but Don't there is... Don't lend the interview uh, here then, Okay, Michael. well... <laughs> Hang it. I knew I shouldn't have led with that. No, look, there is there is some advice we can offer. Um, it's one of those problems that sounds very simple, but it's actually very complicated once you dive into it. But uh, top minds have been looking at this problem in the last few years. But in general, to sum it up, you want the Goldilocks approach where you're not too pessimistic and going straight for the car park at the back, way away from the shopping entrance. But you're not too optimistic either and just circling around those precious spots at the front, trying to nab your dream spot. You want to have a tactic in the middle where you're happy to settle for something that's a little bit further away, just so you make sure you've got yourself a park at the end of the day and you're not spending ages driving around looking for something that might not just come your way. Michael, Nikki Wells, my mummy, swears by the power of positive thinking. Right. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say as a mathematician, that might not exactly be your preferred strategy here. Look, far be it from me to say, look, I think positive thinking is wonderful. Uh, Unfortunately, the mathematical models don't uh, tend to value that uh, so much as they do other, other things, yes. But as humans, we tend to value the part about walking from your car to the shops a lot more than we think about the time it takes driving around. Like we're quite happy to sacrifice five minutes driving around and around to save ourselves one minute of walking from a car park that's further away. We're lazy. (laughs) Yeah, we're optimistic um, people. Does math say anything about tooting at people to make them get out? It does. Well, there is something to this. There was a study in the United States where they looked at people who were hovering around in their cars looking for a park. And some of them tooted their horn and some of them didn't. And the thinking was that, okay, well, if I sit here and blast my horn, that's going to make them speed up. But actually what the study found was that, no, we really want to stick it to those people who are tooting the horn. And Mm. so the average time that you were waiting for someone to clear out of their park went up from 30 seconds, if you were polite, to about 42 seconds if you were a little (laughs) bit rude and bothersome. So um, back to that positive thinking, being polite has a tangible mathematical benefit in reducing your waiting time. That was Michael Rose from the Australian Institute of Nuclear Science and Engineering. Oh, my God, what a title. And we made him talk about car parks. Well, thank you, Michael, for helping us alleviate some of the Christmas stress. Much appreciated. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. TikTok, as we know, uh, it's got a lot to answer for. It's got a lot to answer for, and the latest thing it has to answer for is a string of relationship breakups over unpeeled oranges. You heard that right. The quote-unquote orange peel challenge will tell you if your partner really loves you, apparently. As simple as it sounds, you simply just have to ask your partner, hey, could you peel an orange for me, or could you peel this orange for me? And if they do it willingly, without complaint, (laughs) without a loud sigh, or complaining about how they're going to get orange juice on their hands... You found your true love, allegedly. It's supposed to symbolise the small day-to-day acts of kindness that people do to express their love for their partners. This may sound silly, and I thought it sounded silly, but dating experts say there is something in all of this. One dating coach, Max Alley, who runs a dating agency in New York, said this would be an accurate measure of love in a relationship. <laughs> accurate measure. <I> know. <laughs> he said it shows 
does a partner constantly want to be helpful or do little acts of kindness to make their other partner feel good? And then another family therapist said, we often think of big, grand gestures when we think of romantic acts, when actually it's the regular daily interactions that make us feel close and cared for. So the question is then, Imo, would you peel an orange for me? Yes, you know what? I would peel an orange for you. That's so nice. The question, though, is would you peel an orange for me? Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, I just got my nails done. Oh, blah, blah. And I'm going to get all sticky hands. and It's definitely going to spray back on me and I'm going to smell like orange juice for the rest of the day. You know what? I can get you an apple, a banana. I'll peel a banana for you. You know what you could have done? You could have just lied. Like, you have the power right here, right now to have lied. Stop the record. <laughs> <laughs> Lying is actually the secret to happy relationships. Why is TikTok not doing a trend about that? Anyway, that is newsable for today. If I come to work with an unpeeled orange and a sad face, you'll know what's happened in my home overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jess. Thanks so much for joining us. And I'm Imogen Wells. Have a great day. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.